Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. It's Kelly Birmingham. This is our podcast, a 25-year-plus look across the spectrum. Um, Jen, my partner in crime, is not here today. She is busy with her son, Dylan. But I have two very, very special guests today um, to talk about the September 26th project, which is a very, very important project for families, for children with autism, and ABA providers, in my opinion. So um, I'm going to introduce uh, two sisters. Um, I have Maysoon and Lubna, whose sister, Feda, and her son um, did pass tragically in a home fire last September. And um, instead of continuing on with sadness, the sisters chose to do something with this mission. And um, I am happy to be a part of it as safety is always been one of my main priorities. If you listen to our podcast, you know, we talk about topics that families and ABA providers need to know and are seldom taught. And that is how do we help children? Number one, be healthy. Number two, be safe. Number three, be happy. Then as independent as they possibly can with a tribe to support them. That's the goal of our podcast and what we're talking about, which is not taught in most schools. So Lubna, Maysoon, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, whichever of you want to go first, um, if you want to talk a little bit about small part about the background of the September 26th project and what we hope we're going to accomplish with this project. Jamison, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, so the, we introduced this project and hope that um, we can prevent um, the tragedy that happened to uh, Fidel uh, and my nephew, Mu. Um, uh, even though Fida was extremely on top of her ABA uh, planning or, you know, working diligently with her uh, uh, ABA agency and providers, uh, they, we missed detail um, on teaching uh, Mu Hamuda how to, what to do in case of uh, an emergency um, and in this case, it was a fire. And the fire alarm, um, for some reason, did not go off. And uh, I was um, uh, living with her at the time with my daughter, and uh, we were all upstairs. And the, the smoke, um, uh, my daughter was essentially the fire alarm. And so she woke up uh, choking and screaming. And uh, it alerted me and I immediately, you know, it was pitch dark and there was smoke already. So electricity was out and we had, I had to navigate and guide her down the stairs in the dark. Um, and then, you know, during that time, I didn't hear Moo. I didn't hear Fida only until I was like midway in the staircase. She, you know, uh, as well, the screaming and you know, scrambling and looking for, you know, fire extinguisher and whatnot. And then once we got out, um, you know, uh, I sent my daughter to the neighbors, you know, call 911. I uh, Fida ran in, uh, found the fire extinguisher, 
uh, brought it out. We were finagling with that for, you know, in my opinion, too long. And then she ran back in the house to just get Hamuda. Um, because I guess he, uh, he's been, he was starting um, a new medication um, that really, uh, you know, made his sleep much deeper than it was. Uh, I don't, I'm sorry if I, I know you asked me about the project and I'm going off the tangent of the details of the, <laughs> of the night, but um, it, it just seems that, uh, you know, it was, it was just, it's kind of fascinating how, how many hours, sorry, one second. Um, um, yeah, so the amount of hours that were um, dedicated uh, throughout his life and, and uh, you know, to teach him all these wonderful things and, and, and to see him advance, uh, from being, you know, um, frustrated, you know, she was, she was very, you know, severely afflicted with his autism and he was nonverbal, but then to hear him talk and use his tablet, I mean, all of these were absolutely wonderful things. It's just that after this incident, I was left thinking, uh, how, how, why wasn't this taught? Or why wasn't this placed at the beginning of the priority after we teach them how to, you know, um, eat and use a bathroom? I, I just and I and I know it's it's a super daunting task just to have to train someone how to comprehend um, danger, but I feel um, oh I know if we start there. Um, <laughs> we can definitely uh, help to, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think the question anymore is about uh, trying to um, give a better quality of life. I think it's now there's more of an urgency to uh, wait, how do we save their lives? Because, and how do we also protect the lives of the family involved or the caregivers looking after um, you know, a child or adult with a developmental disability, because, uh, you know, the act of um, trying to save them or rescue them from, you know, God forbid, whether it's an emergency or something they put themselves in, um, that's also, you know, uh, dangerous. And so families need to be prepared and it needs to be, um, it, it needs to be the first thing we look at. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer in that after being witnessing um, the struggle that my sister had at the top of the stairs um, with Hamuda and, you know, him screaming, no, no, no. But really that probably no more than 30 seconds of that struggle of her trying to get him down versus him following and or, or rushing down the stairs or crawling down the stairs or sliding down the stairs because you know again uh the smoke was just increasing by the second and um uh you know they inhaled too much and then i stopped hearing them and i don't know or but i was hoping by some miracle she just knew that she couldn't go down the stairs anymore and maybe she was hiding uh maybe she went to the back room you know, the closet. I don't know. I was just hoping that maybe she knew of some 
she just knew it was better to wait it out for a firefighter. Obviously, that's not the case, right? We, you always have to exit a fire versus yeah. trying to take it out. But I um, want to emphasize that you should exit the house as quickly as possible. Just yeah, know. do not uh, do not do what you know what me and my sister did at the time and try to work an extinguisher that was expired. Forget it. Um, it was empty too. You just don't. It was empty. Yeah. It's part of our project is to create this checklist to help people be prepared. Um, we put up the website with the checklist. The website is www.september26.org.org. Again, it's september26.org. And on the website, we have a, um, a few emergency preparedness checklists. The, uh, one of them is for fire safety. We have a wandering checklist as well, but the fire safety one addresses um, a lot of the points that Maysoon just brought up. In regards to you know checking alarms, to looking for exits, you know um, having the child on the first floor, just a variety of things that we want everybody to be able to check every year, um, at least every year on the date. Um, definitely, if you haven't already done it, to do so now. Um, you know, smoke alarms are, are the first line of defense, and they're very important. So we 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 can see how they did not they failed in this. Um, in this uh, incident, and um, you know that's the first moment. That's the first uh, uh, sounds that will alert you to leave. And I, I don't know. I know Mason and I myself. Right now, we hear any kind of alarm, and we're immediately, yeah. you know, like, what is that? <laughs> is that where I go? What are you doing? <laughs> so, um, and just to have people have their, you know, like when there is an emergency, there's so many things that go to people's heads. Um, and, you know, even like I said, things that people think they want to take out of a burning house. So I think for people to really put thought into that, and, you know, we're in California, there's fire season, we've seen all these fires that have gone through, that have gone through. And obviously when it's fire season, you know, there's a little bit of notice, you know, people are telling people to evacuate in these things. And, you know, it's, it's, Part of our checklist is to register with the fire department and you know in those cases when you register and the fire and those fires are coming through then the fire department will have that understanding but in the case of um with fida and um Mu and muhammad the you know this was an accidental house fire and um this was also the second fire they had in that house over um the last years so it's it's extra extra difficult for us to accept that you know um this this could happen again and and you know at this point take their lives so we 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 can't emphasize enough um the checking the checklists everything seems like so like you know not a big deal until it's a problem until it has to happen so it's just better uh, i'm a big you know firm believer in um being prepared um, for things, uh, you know, if anything, you know, I have, a, I have a background in engineering, I, you know, spend, uh, I have an earthquake kit, I have, you know, you just, especially if you have a family, it's, you know, this would be the time to, you know, get those plans together 
And it's be a time um, to customize what your family needs, what yeah, your child or adult needs. You have to customize it, obviously, based yeah. on, you know, obviously, okay, uh, what about carbon monoxide detector? What about a, right. a watch that will go off on it? What about putting a, fly, a flashlight next to um, their nightstand? What if that's their, immediately they grab the flashlight with them? And, you know, or what if it's lights, like, so maybe they're deaf, they can't, you know, right. uh, hearing is a problem. Uh, what if they're heavy sleepers? I mean, there's just, it's just a lot. It's, it's a lot of preparation uh, and the tiniest details. It, it is a lot um, of preparation, but it's basically, you know, it's not, it's a lot when you think of it the first time. It's a lot when you right. start to think about, Okay, they're upstairs. Okay, there's this. It's a lot when you start to look at it through the lens of an emergency. And then once you look at it through that lens, you know, our lives are, are completely, they're, they're, they're changed. They will never be yeah. what they were before. And everybody from the pandemic, you know. So I think it's, if it's one thing we've learned from this pandemic is that thing, nothing is permanent things are, are not you know happening unexpectedly and, and we have we don't have that control so it's a lot and we want everybody to do it now and then it becomes less in a way over time when you've done the bulk of the work when you've done the checklists when you look to the smoke alarms when you've stocked the house when you figured out the exit plan you know even if it's like your kids on the second floor and you realize we got to set up on the first floor yeah that's going to be a lot but you know it's it's really taking this tragedy and our losses that we've experienced from this and the loss of the community and you know transforming it into how do we you know how do we honor this you know Fadah who spent her life basically um, 15 16, you know those 15 years to help her son get the care he needed and to help other people and their children get the care they needed. And that was her life's mission. And that's what she ultimately died doing was helping her son. So we know that parents really, that's when the choices are upon them and those difficult choices that like Fida had to make. We know that we don't want people to be at that moment at that choice and not be prepared. Right. Because we understand there's a despair and there's, you know, when that sets in, it's even harder. So, you know, this perfect preparation is, you know, practice makes perfect. All of these P things that we all talk about, it's all, that's what needs to happen for everybody. And, you know, when you live in a single family home, you have to do those things. People that live in buildings, apartment buildings, they have those, you know, there, especially when there's over, I believe in like the state of California, if there's over 11 units or 10 units in a building, the city sends out inspectors every year and they check the alarms. And, and so there's a lot of, you know, things that are checked. You should find out where you live, what your living situation is. If you own your home, that's your responsibility. If you live in, if you have a landlord, then you need to ask your landlord. Essentially, the survival is your, by the time everything happens and, you know, the tragedies happen and we're trying to look for people to blame it's too late right so it's more about you know find what you find out what you need to do who you need to ask whether it's a landlord you have to go to to bug to harass these are things that by law the landlords have to take care of anyways this isn't a, a voluntary thing this is an invo this is they have to do it so if people have problems with that 
100%, you should report your landlord to the housing authorities in your area, in your state. Like these are serious implications that, you know, we, life or death situations. And, and you hear these stories, you know, what happened with FIDA, you know, we know the story. I hear other stories of, you know, families that, I remember there was a story of a family some years ago in Brooklyn, um, the, an Orthodox Jewish family. And I think the entire family pair, it was seven, six, seven kids in the house and the mother, and the dad was out of business and the fire broke out on the Sabbath from a hot plate. Wow. And yeah. they were all on the second floor and the fire broke out in the middle of the night. And the entire family, except for the mother and one daughter who jumped out of the top floor, yep. perished. Yeah. No fire alarms, no nothing. So there are cases other than, you know, and these were not disabled people. These were, you know, but again, these fires, when they break out in the middle of the night, you know, there's the disorienting, there's everything that goes with it. So having the, the checks done, having yourself sort of ready will at least give you that those critical moments you need when the situation or if the situation ever occurs, heaven forbid. Right. So for those listening, I know when we very first started this project, there were a lot of families that said, we're so overwhelmed with everything else we're doing for our child. This is the last thing we ever think of. And we've heard people say that to us. So that's where I come in because I have always um, championed safety and feel very strongly that as ABA providers, um, it is our role partly to ensure that families have a safe and health, safe and health living environment. Mm -hmm. And in working through this, I realized that some ABA companies had those basic questions on their parent interviews when they started their, you know, assessment and treatment plans to treat children, but a lot of companies didn't even consider it. And, you know, as our roles as ABA therapists, can we be, can we be ABA therapists and advocates at the same time? I know, Maysoon, you talked to um, Amanda about that, and I have always acted as an advocate myself, and I think as ABA therapists, to advocate for, advocate for our client's safety and well-being is absolutely within our um, scope of practice. And so for ABA providers, if, we, if you go on to the September 26th project, you can also use this checklist to help guide your family members. So if you're working with a family um, and you're starting an assessment, check, ask them, do they have smoke detectors working? Are they working? Are they not working? Is there one on every floor? And if they don't have it, um, a lot of times people have said to me as ABA providers, well, we don't want to talk about anything if we can't provide the resources, right? So if they don't have it, who's going to get it? And we know that if you go to your local fire department and say you don't have a fire alarm, they will 99.9% .9 of the time come to your home and install one. And if, the, if they can't, your local Red Cross has a program that does it. So you have to go to the local Red Cross. And I believe there's programs possibly also that you can look for through your, um, your, like sometimes with Google Direct, sometimes with local organizations when yeah. you're low income and things like that. So, you know, there are things out there and we're hoping hopefully to get some That's pressure right. some, to help people get those things paid for. At least the small- well, The point is first they need to create that plan. Create the plan, identify what's missing, identify what needs to be corrected, um, uh, and then restructure uh, whatever the curriculum is that you have, you know, uh, your, your, the, 
the client on um, <laughs> and uh, you know I as a as an ABA provider uh, you, I don't I don't see how you can be um, uh, assisting uh, people with a disability and not be an advocate at the same time I don't see how you can separate the two um, it's a fight for their you know uh, their survival in a world that you know they're learning how to navigate they're learning how to uh, essentially you know uh, not get you know not end up in a dangerous situation whether you know they wander off into the street or wander off I mean that's another problem you put some children have a Hamoud had a problem with wandering too and so um you know, there were all these double locks that she had to put on the door. Yeah. And so God forbid, like, let's say those locks, I don't know, a certain type of lock that you use and it, and it was electronic or something. I don't know, and a malfunction, you can't get the door open. I mean, um, that's why I think the conversation immediately needs to be had uh, with the family. Um, they need to be aware of it. And if more hours are needed, to get this plan in place, uh, then okay, uh, go back to an insurance company, go back to whoever is covering those hours, and um, argue for more. Because uh, you know, uh, I already spoken to Amanda Kelly was um, successful in using and uh, getting more hours for two of her clients based on um, just uh, ref you know referring back to. Uh, the incident that happened with Fida and Hamuda. And I felt like that, uh, you know, that in, in, in a sense, that's very effective because um, when you, when you re restructure the argument where there's um, more urgency than the way it's, you know, presented in the form of, well, I, I want my son or daughter to, you know, uh, be able to do this or that or, be able to play outside or whatever the degree is, I think it's much more powerful when you say, hey, I don't want my kid to die, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, I need this right now, I need, I need help with this. And you know, matter of fact, like, I, I just, it, it has to boil down to that. And, uh, and that's how your sister um, said it. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I always would hear her on the phone um, and, uh, you know, she would use terms like, you know, uh, I want to, I give my son the dignity that, you know, his rights and, you know, a better quality of life. And she would always, she was super um, thankful and blessed that she was able to um, make sure that that's attainable for him. But, and, and, and even with all that, we, the, it, it completely evaded her that, wait, what do we do in the case of emergencies? Because I don't think any of us as humans like to think about the what if, right. um, or that anything can happen to us any minute. We don't, we don't, uh, I mean, we don't like to think of, you know, our life it can be as fleeting like that. It's just not something that's, it's a pleasant thought or something that we want to plan for. It's like, you know, life insurance. I really hate paying for it, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I you know, I have, <laughs> it's, it's needed, but. So it really comes down to um, assessing 
to be prepared, right? And that's the checklist. Go on September 26th, use a checklist. Are you prepared? You have working fire alarms, carbon monoxide, fire extinguishers. And then it's the second part of that, which is, are you prepared and have a plan to evacuate? And does your child, will your child be able to follow a command emergency, go to the meeting spot, right? And so the harder part is getting prepared. And then the secondary part is practicing and preparing for that safe evacuation. And that falls under a natural disaster as well as a fire safety. And so if folks want to partner with this project, one way is financial. Um, you can donate to the September 26th project on the website. Um, you know, you, you guys set a clear goal of being able to have supplies for families that they need it. Um, training and preparation for families, um, getting the word out to ABA providers, to engaging families to this website. Um, you know, the September 26th is not only the day to make sure you start your plan, but it's the day to uh, your annual reminder. What am I missing, you guys? Another thing um, mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, I have some contacts in the Middle East and uh, we were just, you know, thinking out loud. I'm thinking, well, can you, what about finding uh, partnerships where they can assist us with translating this website into different languages, um, right. uh, assisting us with, you know, right. adding more relevant content? I mean, uh, yes. uh, uh, money is helpful, but, uh, you know, if, if there are other uh, nonprofits out there that would love or would, could help us to... Um, uh, you know, spread this website uh, farther and, uh, you know, and different languages, that would also be wonderful. I mean, Definitely, yeah, and, sure. and to give That's us different ideas on how, you know, what do you do? Or maybe scenarios where, what if the, you know, somebody's nonverbal and also, um, uh, you know, is deaf? What do you do if, you know, I, just all these different scenarios, if we can hash out as much as possible, um, in order we'd love for to us be able to... to get some, we'd love to be able to get some, um, whether donations or funds, basically to have the ability to, uh, pay for people's smoke alarms if they can't afford it. Right. I mean, we don't know how, like, again, this is all a question of, you know, the future and what we can do, but even if it's something as simple as making sure every family with disabilities can afford to get those put in or helping yeah. them. And we also, I mean, I'm not, you know, it's a little bit premature to say it, but I, I think if there are people that do find the project and do have difficulty with any of it, we also want them to reach out to us. We would, you know, ultimately our goal is to try to help facilitate in some way. Right. And even if it's, you know, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's, but it's, it's you know, we're not, we're obviously not like a rich nonprofit or anything like that, but it's more like, if somebody comes to me and says, hey, you know, I have an autistic son and, and we can't afford the smoke alarms, I'll pay for it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, because, because at the end of the day, you know, it's like when something is life-saving, you know, and I think I had that after the fire happened, I just was like kind of hitting myself. Like I have all these things that I, I put in, you know, smart smoke alarms, smart alarms. I'm so big on that. And I was like, how did this not, how do we not, you know, get that put in there? So that's like, you know, anybody that's, that comes across this or, or hears about the project or listens to this podcast, you know, that has 
a need, like, you know, reach out to us too, because, you know, we are now kind of bonded by this. You know, my stepdaughter has autism. Um, She's 31 and does live in her own apartment down the street from us. And she continuously disengages her fire alarm because it goes off when she cooks. Yeah. So, right. Like that kind of thing. That's, what, that's why, yeah. that's why people disengage them. Right. The and so we've had to change a number of things in her apartment so that that doesn't disengage. And we actually don't even have her use her, her oven anymore. We bought a, a toaster oven, an air fryer, different ways for her to cook. I feel like the smart alarms might fix some of that because they have True, sensitivity. They thresholds. So I I highly recommend the smart alarms. And that's why I'm like, you know, ultimately I'd love to have a program where Google Google can help, right? you know, pay for these. And I mean, that's on my agenda to try to reach out to somebody there. If anyone's listening from Google. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've been doing business with Google for 20 years and I I can try to get them to, but that's, but that's really, you know, and, and something like that, we think that companies would you know, if you're saying we want to raise money to pay for, you know, underprivileged people with, you know, disabled children to have smoke alarms in their house so they don't die, you know, that's kind of where it's at right now, you know, smoke alarms, fire extinguishers. And as you said, if you go to the fire department, you know, they will help you. So we just want people that haven't looked at this to under to look at it, to identify the problem areas and to know that you're not alone. You, not only are you not alone, but you have to do something about it. Don't be complacent about it. Yep. You know, talk to us, talk to the fire department, talk to your ABA, like talk to somebody yep. and get it resolved and get to the checklist. And if the checklists aren't finished and you can't get through them, definitely, you know, reach out just because it's, it's really about getting through it, making sure it's done every year. Like you said, your daughter, should, making sure it's not turned off, making sure, you know, things like that can be sustainable. And we just, our goal with the project is to kind of help that along. Yep. Yep. So any parting, parting words? Uh, No, we just wanted to ask, you know, again, give the website and we have a great video on there that, um, you know, Mason worked really hard to make uh, that gives the background and, and, uh, you know, everybody can watch and learn more about Fida and um, her son. And uh, the website again is www.september.com. 26.org you can um, also join us on social media through our facebook and you know again share it widely share the website share the facebook make sure you have anybody that you know that has any that's affected at all by disability or autism or anything that they get access to this information and that's, that's I, I just had one last question uh to kelly at x uh, because I'm, I'm curious on how this works um how does it like how many hours do you envision um uh you know i know it depends but like would a family or a child who has severe you know development disability um like hamuda would he of aba hours would be needed to teach him uh, these drills initially and then to uh, do a drill every day uh to reinforce it or every other week, or I'm not sure that, you know, but how does that look like? That's a great question. Um, So, you know, our industry as a whole, and actually CAST, the Council of Autism Service Providers, owns um, our guidelines around ABA 
ABA guidelines and how many service hours, therapy hours we ask for. And they have some loose guidelines. I know that other individual organizations create their own guidelines. Um, I have created that for our company at uh, People's Care Behavioral Health. But what you're supposed to do is um, consider the severity of the need, right? And so if you have a child who in general has sort of a diagnostic criteria of level three, which is severe autism, then the research and literature all say you should ask for um, a minimum of 30 hours per week. But if you add on, if a child is not engaged in anything regarding safety, like Amanda recently did when she was telling you that story, mm -hmm. and I know I have done, is that you, you, so you ask for a certain amount of hours, insurance companies often, it's almost like a negotiation sometimes, which is why as ABA providers, we have to be prepared and knowledgeable to do that negotiation. So again, if a child is at the basic core, doesn't, isn't healthy and not safe in their home and the community, which includes all that wandering, then they should have the most hours that we can get 30 to 40 hours per week to help work on all of those goals because related to health and safety, like is also reciprocal language. Like there's a number of goals you can work on while working on making sure a child is able to get out of their house into a meeting place safely. And we know like you guys both said practice makes perfect. So, you know, maybe it's only for three months, we need the maximum amount of hours and then we can start to fade those hours because the child is demonstrating the ability to do it. And you might go from daily practice to weekly practice and then weekly practice to bi-weekly practice. And it's sort of a fade out system, but the most hours affordable that can be provided, which is 30 to 40 hours a week in this instance is exactly what each child and family should get. And if an ABA provider is savvy enough to know, to look at those basic health and safety needs, then they will likely get those hours. And again, matter of life and death. I mean, I loved how Amanda said that. What if, or Dr. Um, Kelly. Is, it, is it possible that, um, that it can be negotiated that it's given uh, every year in a, in a, in a lump sum on yes. top of the additional hours? I don't want to take away existing hours. Or even if somebody's capped out at 40 hours a week, I wanted something, I mean, ideally, uh, where uh, a family um, can get, um, uh, let's say, uh, 40 hours, uh, I don't know, 40 hours every year on top of what's given to them just for safety. Um, it is It is certainly an option. Now, each insurance company has different um, regulations and they can get quite challenging, but in general, if you advocate, um, and you can do it at a reauthorization period or a six month period, and you can say, we've identified some significant safety issues we need to address. And so we want an additional 40 hours for the next, or, or additional 10 hours, whatever it is, for the next three months to start teaching that. So you can add it, you can take it, but not need it, then you might need it back again. And so it can be um, a conversation dialogue with the insurance provider to increase and then maybe fade back and then maybe need to re-increase again. Can, um, do you think that it would be helpful if we can create um, uh, some kind of script or, um, uh, or, or, you know, or some content on how we can assist ABA providers to uh, negotiate for that? Could it be something that maybe we can also distribute at the Autism Law Summit? Um, 
I, I may, I'm just putting my uh, kind of, uh, I'm sorry, because I'm, uh, I'm a real estate agent. I'm putting my sales hat on. Yeah. And I just know that we're all big on, you know, I mean, I'm not personally big on scripts, but I, I, do, I do know that it, when, you know, the many hours of training, um, uh, you know, somebody who's in real estate goes through to, to, you know, to, to prospect or to uh, close a sale. And I almost feel like there needs to be some kind of, um, and I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if there is, educate me if there is some kind of training for the ABA provider on that, how yeah. to be, you know, a hardball negotiator. <laughs> I just, uh, you know what I mean? You, you can't come to the table with a sob story unless you know how, 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 how to use that, 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 that fuel. And, you know, and I, and honestly, Fidel would be um, loving it, you know, in heaven, yeah. if she could, if her, her story can be used um, as, as literal, I mean, no pun intended when I say this fire yeah. to, uh, to their fight. I mean, you know, I, I find that there's, um, sorry, my daughter's so noisy. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I find that there is a lot of um, uh, something that she left, uh, you know, with this tragedy in terms of how we um, transform uh, our, our advocacy and, and what we should ask for. And I know, I know if it happened to somebody else, is that in her community and it wasn't her, she'd be using it nonstop. Yeah. Um, um, yep. So All right. if we can prepare something, I mean, you know, I, I'd like to give them, um, because some, like, you know, they can say, oh, well, like I said, they might be intimidated by that. They might, they might say, oh, well, how am I going to, how is this going to look? How do I apply this? I, I don't know what, I mean, let's take some case stories from Dr. Kelly, from yourself. Yep. Um, and let's let's aim for uh, you know l- let all these insurance companies start hearing the same thing, and uh, I and again let the goal be let's not take away from the existing hours they already have, right. and 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 uh, take away the focus from what they're uh, you know trying to teach a child or adult. But let's I want to add it. I want I want more for I want more than forty hours a week. I want like uh, let's get that. I, I don't know. I, does that make sense? I don't know. I just feel like I don't want to um, minimize or, or have to, or the parents feel like, but wait, we need this more. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, they shouldn't have to prioritize that way. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So they shouldn't um, have to choose. That's right. That's right. They so not- now that they shouldn't have to choose and now that the, it's well, the survival of, you know, all this is futile. If, 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 if my child or cannot identify danger and can get themselves killed and myself as well, right. you know what I mean? Yep. Um, then <laughs> what we're focusing on is, and they might say, they might come back and say, well, okay, then instead of teaching the child how to do A, B, and C, teach them that and not want to give you extra. That's right. Does that make sense? So yep. they can be very tricky. And if we can compile, um, uh, some kind of negotiation script or, or arguments for the ABA providers out there, and we can circulate that. So then by next year, these insurance companies are tired of saying no because they're hearing it right and left. That's <laughs> you know, right. They're like, where are, where are these people getting these arguments? You know? 
And I just want it to be all the same, just like the real estate agents. Every time we call, uh, like, and I'm sure that like people hear the same thing because some agents are just recycling other scripts that have been used by hundreds of others. <laughs> but let's recycle the crap out of this <laughs> and let them all, you know, get, I'm sure they can, you know, add to it, but let's, let's ask for the most. I mean, yeah. you know, I, and honestly, I just, in one of the interviews I put out, had with Sarah Troutman, which is, by the way, an excellent, um, uh, what is it? Uh, it? It was for, it was designed for, uh, it was daily, daily yes, BA. It was, it was uh, a business that she has team on location. Um, and they were tremendous videos where they were interviewing people. Um, but this one's for free that, that she yes, uh, it put it out free. there. And then anybody, any, if your writer can watch it, um, yep. and you know, in there, Fidel mentioned, she's like, you know what? She got so pissed that they were saying no to everything. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to ask for everything now. I'm going to ask for this and this and this and this. And I'm like, we should all, you know, kind of channel that energy uh, and, you know, ask for everything. Yeah. I, I mean, why just 40 hours? I mean, how many, let's figure out exactly how many, I know it's, it's, you know, but it's custom to every child and I know uh, based on severity, but how can we figure out how much to, to really ask for that would be substantial yeah. enough in a year? How much is enough? Yeah. Yes. All right. We're let's, on let's, it. Let's start there. Yeah. We're on it. All right. Yeah. Thank you both so much. This is one of many to um, podcasts and activities and we'll get ourselves ready for that law summit. And thanks. Thank you both. And thank you everyone for listening. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us, Kelly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Talk to you soon.